Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Welcome, Nomad. Monday morning. Hey, happy Monday. Monday morning. Rain isn't falling. It's, it's kind of it like gloomy, it could. though, yeah. It could. We're looking out the foggy. window. The rain could be falling at any minute. It's leap. It's, uh, it's, it's two days after leap day. How was your leap day? It was great. It was a wonderful purge. Uh, there are several... There are several suburbs of Austin that no longer exist. No. So it was a very successful purge day, I would say. I don't believe you. Um, so, okay, great. That's great. We got that figured out. It is one of the best weeks of the entire wrestling calendar. We Amazing. have, yeah, we have PIAAs coming up this week um, starting on Thursday, and then conference tournaments starting on Friday, rolling into Saturday and Sunday. And uh, a week that's, you know, that sets up the NCAA championships. And so we've got a lot to, lot to get to. Um, help, helping people plan their weekends and also think about how to prep between now and the weekend to get the most out of conference, conference yeah, stuff. Yeah, we, we, we love making things easy on you guys, trying to make sure that you have uh, conference weekend prep. But we do need to start with something, uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do here is the Hodge rankings. And wrestling fans love stars. That's not, that's not a secret. So we're going to start with this. And it was a fan, uh, Dave H. at DHenry5K. The tweet read, and I quote, Never in the history of the Hodge Trophy has the winner had fewer than 28 matches. This year, Spencer, 14-0. Nickley, 18-0. Vincenzo, 13-0. Gable, 12-0. Discuss. This spurred a whole series of conversation, uh, including on themat.com, that terrible forum, uh, in which somebody found the median of the matches, and I believe they said it was 36. Now, first of all, people used to wrestle more matches. Kale Sanderson was 159 no, meaning he wrestled 40 and 39 matches every single year. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, this is an Olympic year, mm-hmm. and I think because of that, everyone kind of compressed their schedules. And uh, Number three, it's good data. It's good. It's interesting analysis. I, I really, yes, I think this is great. But number four, no one is going to remotely bat an eye when they go, oh, wow, the Hodge winners never had fewer than 28 matches. Spencerly, you know, especially Nickley and Vincenzo all remain undefeated. No one's going to look at that and go, well, they're out. Yeah. Got to vote for, you know, Mason Paris or, you know, Mac, you know, somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it's I not going to happen. I think it's a very interesting stat, right? It's a really cool piece of information um, because, and, and I think one thing that people aren't thinking about either is all these, all these records. And I think Dave H knows this Dave H uh, very well informed if he's posting a stat like this, um, Add eight to all these numbers, right? There are gonna each of these guys is gonna have eight matches more. Um, right, so, assuming they go undefeated, Spencer go, yeah. Spencer will become 
22 or 23 and 0, depending on how you count the forfeit against Minnesota. Nick Lee would be 26 and 0. Vincenzo would be 21 and 0. Yeah. So they would get much closer so to that closer. 28. The, the number right now looks like you know Spencer has half of those matches, which which he does at this point. He's gonna have he's gonna have eight more if he wins out. Um, so that that part that part I think um, I think Dave H is well aware, but a lot of people are just seeing these numbers and they're and they're commenting based on that. So we are gonna get a lot of closer. And the the freestyle season, we, you know, you mentioned this is an Olympic year. Each of these guys, all four of these guys, have wrestled senior level freestyle yes. domestically this season, right? Spencer Lee um, won. Spencer Lee uh, won the senior nationals. Gable won. Bill Farrell. Bill Farrell. Um, Nick Lee was was fifth, third, was third, fifth, senior, third, third nationals. senior nationals. So and, he lost Southern Scuffle. And Chenzo was was um, third at the Farrell. Uh, is that right? Was he third in the Farrell? He was. He met. He injury defaulted out to six. Okay. Uh, okay. Lost in the semis to Jason Nolf and then didn't go after that. But he lost out in doing the Black Knight, which could have been another four matches for him. Right. So it's all explainable. Yeah. Um, I do think it is interesting though to to look at the fact that that wrestlers' match count is trending downward. It's fewer, right? And, and that is uh, by design. You know, you look at a lot of these coaches' schedules. Penn State. The only tournament the team attended was the Black Knight Invitational. A few, a few individuals went to some other tournaments outside of that, but mm -hmm. you know they went to one tournament. Uh, the Hawkeyes went to Midlands, and and that was their one tournament. Yeah, normally right? they do like uh, the uh, Harold Nichols or something. You know, they'll have some guys go to some opens. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that as much for their top guys this year. Um, you know, and, and on and on, you know, uh, Minnesota, right? Gable Stevenson didn't wrestle in any in any folk style tournaments this year. Right. Yeah. Um, he wrestled in duels, and, and that was it. And and you know, I think that's a kind of a philosophical shift among coaches. And and we've seen we've seen the the trend in more matches or fewer match or matches um, kind of come and go. And and so this is where we are right now. Any any theories as to why that is? I, I think I have a couple of potential uh, theories. But what do you, why do you think that we're seeing fewer matches right now? I think it's a hundred percent a wear and tear thing. I think it's very much coaches have examined guys bodies and when you when you're trying to perform at a high level right which when we're talking about the hodge contenders we're talking about the highest level of guys the guys who are basically locks to be in the national finals and you know be undefeated uh you're dealing with not only a high level of competition you're dealing mm -hmm. with high level of practice yeah and i believe i've had some conversations with coaches that guys are more likely to get injured in practice and so what you want is you what, – what, what I think they're going for is they want more practices that are shorter, you know, or less intense, maybe 60, 90-minute practices, 75-minute practices, with more time in between events mm -hmm. to fine-tune things so that when they go out and they do compete, they're competing at optimum efficiency. Yeah. I also think that, um, you know, I, I – And days off, too. Let's, let's, sure. let's, 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 let's also talk about that. Rest. Active rest, something you hear a lot about the senior athletes say. Well, same thing for college. When I was coming up through, um, through the kind of my, my wrestling life, there was, uh, it was, it was harder to find matches, right? Like, it, mm -hmm. like when I was in high school, you know, you, you, you could get, you could get matches if you really look for them. You could find tournaments around, but I, you know, I think kids that are coming through the system these days have been wrestling hundreds of matches a year ever since they were little that and, too. and and so one of the things is like i think um a lot of guys you know 20 30 years ago when you got to college 
you hadn't had those matches, right? Or these guys hadn't. And the only way to get them was within the context of the college season, going to mm -hmm. open tournaments, things like that. And and a lot of times back then and in high school, this was the case as well. It was like, how can I get the maximum number of allowable matches by the sure. state delegation or whatever? Um, you know, we would we had like in Colorado, we had um, like weigh in points or something where, you know, you, you could you could spend a certain amount of points per weigh-in or per, you know different kinds of events and so we would go to some tournaments where there would be 10 teams there and they would run the tournament uh they would run the tournament no there'd be eight teams there and they would run the tournament as two round robins of four where then the first place wrestlers hit that way you could get five matches mm -hmm. instead of spending away and just getting a you know three matches in a traditional eight-man bracket so that was the philosophy then because matches were hard to come by. Now, these guys already have so many matches. And also... As a youth, it's easy to get 100 matches in a year. And, and, and we're not going to get into that because... And, and not just as a youth, but even even as a college athlete, right? Sure. Like, guys are more and more um, interested in UWW juniors or U23s. or So, coaches have a lot of options for getting match time you for get, their guys. You can get 8, 9, 10 matches at U23s. Yeah, one one tournament, right? So, I do think uh, I do think that you know it's that matches are still valuable, but guys can get them a lot of different places, and, and many of them already have put in that match time. So, I wonder about that. I, I do think that maybe is, uh, is is changing. I mean, look at the guys on this list, right? Spencer Lee, Nick Lee, Vincenzo Joseph, Gable Stevenson. Man, they think they about wrestled plenty matches, growing up. Think about how many matches they have in their lives. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we have the whole answer, but. Really good stat. People kind of blew it out of, out of proportion. Though. Yeah, it, it went. It, it, I would much prefer it to have been, you know, discussion that of what Bray was talking about, where why are they going to fewer matches? Why are we seeing that? Um, is this an isolated thing? And some we're going to see more as opposed to, well, this completely changes the pecking order for the Hodge, which yeah. I don't believe it does at all. Yeah, I don't think it does. So good Hodge discussion to start off, but now let's get into the weekend. So uh, you'll be at PIAA's yeah. along with JD Raider, Big yep. John Foster. Uh, Brock Height and mm -hmm. Tim Rice, uh, mm -hmm. so a couple contributors. I will be at EIWA's with Mike Mal, and I'm sure Mike will have a host of people uh, there with us. And then the rest of the crew is going to be at Big Tens. Mm -hmm. So real quick, let's run through what the schedule is for the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, and then we can maybe get into some of the individual things there. So PIAA starts Thursday. Yeah, and you might wonder, hey, wait, this is conference weekend. Why are you talking about a high school event? J.D. Raider put together a, a college fan guide to the PIAA tournament. And Love it. Yeah, I do too. Currently, there are 85 Division One commits. And, and remember, commits means they can only be a junior or senior. Mm -hmm. And so this, this Pennsylvania State tournament, it's you know probably going to have close to 200 Division One level wrestlers inside two divisions. Right. When you add on walk-ons and you add on, like he was saying, the freshmen and sophomores that haven't committed yet. Yeah. You're you're going well into the triple digits. So go go to that fan guide, and I would set your arena alerts if you have a favorite team. Set your arena alerts for these for these guys that uh, that are committed to your to your program. Um, in that in that article, JD looked at the, the the colleges that have the most commits mm -hmm. that are going to be wrestling this weekend in Hershey. Um, Pitt has eight guys, eight committed guys that are going to be going uh, between AA and AAA. Lockhaven has five. Lehigh has five. Bucknell with five. VMI and Navy, yeah. um, Clarion and Campbell whole, and Army all have four. A whole bunch of schools with, with four or more. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really great way of looking at it because I think, you know, college wrestling rules the roost in, in America, yep. but – to pull uh, Division One fans down into watching, um, there, there there has to be a, t a team component to it. And mm -hmm. so I think you know if you're a Pitt fan, 
you're going to want to set your flow arena alerts for Gary Steen. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I believe he's also going to do a top uncommitted article, which then you have all the reason to watch because, hey, yeah. this could be the next big star. You know, Brett Unger, a, a guy who's wrestled Gary Steen twice, he's still uncommitted. He's a junior. Mm -hmm. He could be the next big lightweight for your team. Yeah. So just uh, kind of something to think about there. But, yeah, so that starts Thursday. And the reason they do th uh, three days is partially because – it's a round of 32, but it's not a full 32-man bracket, and yeah. there are two divisions. So double-A AA and triple-A all at the same time. Um, they're rotating sessions, though, correct? Yes, so it'll be, yeah, the double-A session happens, you know, in the morning on Friday, and then the triple-A session happens in the afternoon, and so it kind of alternates back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's, I mean, it's a great way to kind of, uh, you know, start off conference weekend, and um, obviously all the college guys, all the college starters are going this weekend, but... Uh, this PIAA tournament is going to be it's going to be some of the some of the best wrestling of the entire weekend. Absolutely massive. We put the brackets out uh, yesterday. I put them up on the site. Mm -hmm. uh, after I'm going to double check right after this to see if there are any changes. I believe there's only one change yesterday involving double A, uh, two weights. So I'll go back and make sure that those are up to date. Then those will eventually be on Flow Arena, as we mentioned. Friday, you'll have the kind of the, the bulk of PIAAs yep. kind of to get through most of it and then EIWA uh, so EIWA now has 17 teams so you'll have your pigtail yeah. and then the first two sessions the first two rounds at least um, I believe it's three total sessions first two rounds of EIWAs mm -hmm. and then Saturday gets real Saturday yeah. gets really real Big Ten starts Big 12 starts EIWA finals um, I gotta check see if the, the semis are that same day but EIWA finals are Saturday uh, the start of the MAC and all big uh, Pac-12s. Yeah. Ooh. That's huge. That's that's massive. Um, so the Pac-12 and EIWA tournaments will conclude on Saturday, and we'll know our first set of NCAA qualifiers. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll start to really see the field, especially that uh, you know EIWA has has a, a huge amount of qualifiers, and we'll get into kind of where that where that qualifying yeah, line is a little here. bit later on. But, but that'll be interesting. Pac-12 is going to be a tournament to keep your eyes on. There are only 16 auto-qualifying spots in the whole conference. And um, so there's, there are going to be a lot of schools that are really uh, scrapping and clawing to, to get those spots. Mm -hmm. the, the, I think the team that I'm really curious about with Pac-12 is Little Rock. It's their very first year. They're not currently seated to, to get any auto-qualifiers, but they've got a couple guys that are just on the other side of that line. Right. And, uh, man, I don't know. I, I, you know, we're – I'm sure we're supposed to be unbiased, uh, but I, w I wanted them to get somebody to the tournament. I really want to well, see that. Well, you know, same thing with, with Long Island on mm -hmm. the EIWA side, right? Mm -hmm. we, we're we adding programs, and, you know, I'm team captain of, like, 1 through 80 is going to figure itself out, mm -hmm. but it would be nice if I, – I, I think a good thing for the sport would be, you know, a, a rotation of success. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you know, your, there's your tiers of your power programs, and they're kind of mm -hmm. trading titles, and then kind of your, your 8 through 15, and they're kind of going up and down depending upon, you know, how energized your coaches are. Uh, and then, you know, your, your group that's trying to get guys to NCAAs. Yeah. Uh, because for our measurement, you know, for our metrics, Division One head coaches, when, when you're not uh, fighting for a team trophy – what your AD is probably looking at is how are you doing in your conference? Mm -hmm. You know, are you winning your conference dual and individual titles? And then how many guys are you getting into the blaze? Yeah. Yeah, so much of that Little Rock story. They announced, I remember they announced the program at an NCAA championships. I don't remember what year it was, but so much of that story was the AD at Little Rock went to NCAAs and he was so, he and the, the committee were so blown away by, by this 
this massive tournament that's packed. You know, you go to a lot of, I don't think wrestling fans realize how, how good we have it. Like a lot of NCAA championships and other sports, they're half full arenas. Maybe they're full for the finals. That's it. Um, maybe there are, you know, five schools that have passionate fan bases. That's it. Um, but wrestling, it's, I mean, it, it's a great, it's one of the greatest shows mm -hmm. around. It's, it's a great sporting event, regardless of, of sport. And, um, yeah, Little Rock's AD saw that, and they're like, man, we want to be a part of this. So I, I just, I don't know. I really hope they, they get somebody in there. I think probably Paul Bianchi at 133 is their, is their best chance, but right. he's going to have to win 133 to auto-qualify. So we'll see. Um, but really interested in, in Pac-12, which ends up on Saturday. And then looking forward, you know, Cal Baptist and mm -hmm. Augsburg, right, and all these other schools that are transitioning up into Division One, where are they going to end up? Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of just a, a little aside to conference weekend. Uh, yeah. And then we mentioned this last week as well, the EWL's impact on the MAC and how many of those guys are going to auto-qualify, how many mm -hmm. of those guys are in allocations. Mm -hmm. um, all, all very interesting stuff. So that's your Saturday. So, again, Pac-12 and EIWA finals will be on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy about that. You know, selfishly, I'm going to EIWA, so I believe that, Having the EIWA finals separate from some of the other conferences will hopefully, you know, allow more people to, to take in, which should be an excellent team race, mm -hmm. which should be yeah. an, an excellent, uh, you know, depending upon the round and, you know, how many EIWA goes from two at, at 133 to, I think, seven uh, at some weights that they have auto qualifiers. So there's a reason to watch every round, right? And yeah. we'll have the whole thing. It'll be on Flow Arena. You can set your Flow Arena alerts for whatever team mm -hmm. that you're that you're uh, most enamored with. And uh, for those of you that are in Lehigh, I hope you have a great time. And you go back and watch it on watch the uh, archives at home. So that brings us to Sunday. Um, Sunday Good is, Lord. Oh, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to get, um, you know, most of the NCAA uh, mm -hmm. auto-qualifying bids are going to be dished out after um, the end of wrestling action on Sunday. So Big Ten finals, Big 12 finals, MAC finals, the, the entire ACC tournament, which is going to be, I mean, it's six teams, but it's it's stacked. Mm -hmm. And in the SOCON, um, all of those all of those tournaments are going to conclude on Sunday, which, which is going to give us the bulk of our NCAA Qualifying which, spots. Which that reminds me, one of my another one of my favorite articles to write every year, the Automatic Qualifier Hub. I will probably get that set up today, mm -hmm. and I will list the automatic qualifiers, uh, and then I'll be kind of keeping track of that throughout the day on Saturday and Sunday to make sure that you guys are up to date with uh, everyone who, who is qualified. Mm -hmm. And I would just bookmark that, update it, you know, check maybe yeah. once an hour. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a fun one. So – uh, in terms of thinking about how to how to prepare yourself for this crazy weekend of wrestling, uh, keep in mind that we've we've already created a lot of, of content to to help you guys out. Big Ten is going to be the biggest the biggest tournament of, of the weekend in terms of number of qualifiers and also mm -hmm. in terms of um, number of top ranked guys. So. Get yourself prepared for that Big Ten Championships. If you can only watch one tournament, if you can only pay attention to one tournament, that's the one you got to pay attention to. Uh, and and um, we were looking yesterday. We've already got, 30, I think, 36 articles and videos up in the Big Ten Event Hub. So go to that Event Hub and start kind of getting yourself familiar with, with the pre-seeds. You, you came out with the pre-pre-seeds. Yeah, so I did, I did one, one article per weight class. Yep. Which, because I started it so far out, we I had to update it, and then yesterday, or maybe Saturday even, I did the whole, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so every weight, and you know, once again, I, I'm just gonna we gotta bring it up. 
when I when I've done these pre-seeds in the past, you yeah. know, I've made stands, right? I, I said my thing about uh, Marinelli the past two years. You know, I said my stand about him being number one of Rymore based on that season's resume. I said my thing about Wick being ahead of Chenzo based on him not wrestling in the duel. And but I knew I knew what the alternative was, right? Yeah. I knew if people disagreed with me, I knew if the coaches disagreed with me, what the alternative would be. Um, you know, this year there's there's rock, paper, scissors with Chad Red, Max Mir, and Tristan Moran, right? I know that can go any of three ways. Same thing with Verclair and Pierre and Martin. I know that can go any of three ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with Sebastian Rivera. Yeah. The reason I settled on six, yeah. I talked to some coaches. Some people have them in the five range. Some people have them in the seven, eight range. And I think what's going to happen is it's going to average out to six. Which, which, will, which will absolutely... Um change the complexion of 133 right that means seth gross is going to be on isla an island up top no offense to piotrowski and love it who will probably be the four and five if if sebastian rivera is a six. right love it alvarez could be five you know love it, alvarez. five six whatever way they go there um but but if but if sebastian rivera is the six that means that he would have DeSanto in the quarterfinals he would have RBY in the semifinals if he wins, and if he wins that, he would have Seth Gross in the finals. So that obviously, you know, would be a huge advantage for Seth Gross. Um, we, by the way, that whole 133 bracket, we've we've uh, got a series of articles that some of them are out, some of them are coming out, making a case for for how or not how, but why each one of those guys is a legitimate shot to win that bracket. I wrote up the yep. Seth Gross article. I think it's. I think the strongest argument is that Seth Gross is going to win that bracket because guess what? He's beat all three of those guys this, this year. So, um, so I, you know, I think I not think too Seth bad. Gross, it's not too bad. Uh, but so, that's other other stuff to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of previewing other big matches. I think one that has a ton of intrigue. These two have never wrestled in college. Uh, Gable Stevenson, Mason Paris. That's another one, right? So I, I, my prediction based on what the coaches will do, is they'll make Gable 1 and Paris a 2. Mm-hmm. However, I still hold the stance that if 1 and 2, if, if, if there's a dual meet between the teams with the guy that's seated first away and the guy that's seated second away, and one of them doesn't wrestle, for whatever reason, legitimate or not, yeah. the person who did wrestle should get the 1 seed. I don't think it's going to happen. I know at least one coach is going to vote that way. Yeah. And his name? Is. Well, it's, it's not Sean Bourmet. I'll just say that. Okay. So we'll okay. say at least two. I bet at least I bet it is not a clean sweep for Gable at the top. Yeah. So um, check that out. We've got got you know articles and, and videos up. Preview. Mike Mal has been breaking down some of the mm-hmm. technique and ways that guys can potentially win some of these big matches. Any other any other Big Ten content that you that you've uh, had your eye on? Um, I just really enjoy all the the conference preview or the weight class previews. Yeah. Um, Bracky hasn't done them in a while, and so he kind of he hit me up and said, "Hey, can can you look at this? I, I haven't done one of these in a while. I've been doing you know marketing, um, and of course he crushed it because Bracky's a man He's and man. he." One of the things that's great about Bracky is he does the the box scores every week. Yeah. So he has he knows the results. <laughs> a good maybe even you know maybe even comparable to Spay who does the rankings. Like he has a good handle on results. It's just about anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so really enjoyed that that he's getting back into that. And then of course we'll be we'll be cranking out probably two or three a day uh, as far as weight class previews. You're going to be handling the EI, uh, EIWA preview. I believe yep. you're splitting that into two. Yeah, we have precedes now, so we'll have an upper weights preview mm-hmm. today. We'll have a or excuse me, we'll have a lower weights preview today. Upper weights preview tomorrow. And um, and and we've got some other good good stuff previewing the team race. Uh, and I know we're going to talk EIWA in a minute, so I'll save my thoughts on the team race for that. Cool. But um, 
but yeah, so there's good stuff coming to help help get you ready for that. And we did mention PIAA already. There's you know JD Raider's been working on good stuff there. Brock Height is gonna break down the brackets. Yeah. Um. So he'll he'll give you a good sense if you're unfamiliar. I I have not you know followed Pennsylvania high school wrestling that much, but I'm starting to get into it, and he's gonna have really good access points mm-hmm. for you to look at that stuff and know what's going on without maybe having followed it before. Yeah, and, and the reason, if you're saying, well, you guys have a show, you could just discuss all these things. We don't have the time. We don't have the time to get into how big of a weekend this is and all the different things that are going to be there. So we, we're, we're trying to point you to yeah. uh, to some more information. So let's get into pre-seeds. So we have official pre-seeds from the EIWA released by the conference, yeah. and then we have um, – Pac-12 and MAC released their final rankings done by the, the coaches in conference, mm-hmm. which are kind of a proxy that we're going to use for pre-seeds right now because Big Ten pre-seeds are coming out today. Um, ACC will probably be tomorrow. Yeah. Big 12 and MAC – or Big 12 and SOCON probably around the same time, maybe late today, early tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but so let's get into EIW pre-seeds and, uh, using uh, – under the, the lens of what you're saying, that, that, that line – yeah. of performance that you need to go above or, or above yeah not well, below <laughs> before we before we yeah not below before we get into the pre-seeds themselves one of the things that that is really um interesting to me is uh you put together a team score projection mm-hmm. based on these pre-seeds well they did they did this and you, you gave put it, it up on the site um but but uh this was really surprising to me. So before we get into the kind of weight class by weight class breakdown. Yeah, sure. Let's let's use this because it's a it's a good guide. I mean, so if you look at the national rankings and you look at the you know the, the way that the teams are ranked, you would expect the number one team in EIWA to be Princeton. Mm-hmm. You would expect the number two team in the EIWA to be either Lehigh or Cornell. Mm-hmm. They will be they will be neck and neck. They'd be very close. I think a lot of people would expect to see Cornell there, and then maybe Lehigh, and then after that, they maybe see some other teams. Right now, <clears throat> Princeton is is projected to score 86 team points excluding bonus that's including bonus that is uh 38 points outside of the lead uh projected by lehigh yes right lehigh's got a balanced lineup with a a lot of guys with that are that are going to be seated fairly high um and that's and there's a team in between them army is seated to finish second and to score 100 points before bonus uh similarly again uh even even strength, nine guys seated in the top eight. Yeah. And when you look at the difference between conference tournaments and NCAAs, it's so much more about uh, depth and one through ten in your lineup as opposed to your heavy point scores in NCAAs. Yeah. And this is the same way when you look at, you know, um, like an Ironman versus maybe your state tournament or your, you know, uh, a smaller tournament where yeah. the, the, larger, the, the larger the national impact – the more important a guy like Spencer Lee, or in the case of EIWA, uh, you know, Pat Glory or Jordan yeah. Wood is. Yeah. But when you look at it from a conference perspective, having that depth and, and one through ten and having multiple guys be able to place, that's what's really going to carry you. Well, I mean, you know, look no further than Penn State, who has in the last nine years more NCAA uh, team titles than Big Ten, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, a good example of, of that. But uh, that, that just, that was. Even knowing all that, I was shocked to see Princeton almost 40 points, projected to be almost 40 points behind Lehigh. And I know they really want to win an EIWA title, but, man, they're going to have their work cut out for them, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, and then you look at Navy in fifth. Uh, they have six guys seated. They're projected to score 80. Now, mm-hmm. again, pre-seeds can change. 
I made sure to put that in all of the articles that these are not final; they can yeah. change. Um, but this is what this is what they're they're going to have until the seeding meeting Thursday, probably Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So, real quick before we get into the seeds, Lehigh 124, Army 100, Princeton 86, Cornell 84, Navy 80. Those are your top five teams. And now let's kind of get into some of the individual weights and, some and maybe some interesting interesting things that uh, the EIWA formula came up with. Yeah. So at 125, the EIWA has seven auto-qualifying spots. Uh, those seven guys that are, that are projected to finish one through seven right now are Pat Glory, Michael Kolioko, uh, Brandon Patesel, Trey Shalafu of Army, Gage Curry of American, Logan Treaster of Navy, Joe Mancio of Columbia, and then eighth right below that line is Nolan Hellickson of Harvard, who's, who's been ranked at times this year, probably mm-hmm. as high as 15. Um, so he's, but he's right now on the outside looking in. And Hellickson, I believe... Um, kind of based on the fact that Bo Bayless was wrestling, either battling some issues or, or maybe something happened there as yeah. far as, you know, roster spot. So kind of something to keep an eye on there. Uh, obviously, the first thing jumps out to me there, uh, Kolioko over Patesel. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, I picked Kolioko to place in my NCAA preview. So from a talent perspective, I'm not terribly mad that Kolioko is theoretically favored to make the conference finals. But based on the season – Patesel has been the pretty clear number five all year. And, yeah. and that's honestly, nationally. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, nationally. And honestly, could have beaten Glory. You know, that Glory match was very nip and tuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe it was a late stall call that allowed to go into into overtime. So uh, just something to, to kind of keep in mind of there. But, again, the two and the three are basically the same. Um, you know, I don't know how much yeah. Lehigh's going to argue that based on whether they want, you know, Manchie over Treister sure. in the quarters. Yeah. Um, 133, just two auto-qualifying spots right now. Those are going to Chaz Tucker. He's the one seed. Um, he is the only undefeated wrestler at 133. Yes. Um, and uh, then Zach Trampy of Binghamton is currently sitting in second. And if you're a Lehigh fan, who, by the way, keep in mind, has like way more projected points than any other team. And they're hosting it. And they're hosting it. You already mentioned that they could potentially have an argument for Patesel to be moved above Kolioko where, uh, well, you know, Nick Farrow also very good uh, for Lehigh as the three seed behind Trampy Binghamton. And I, I'm not sure they may have had a head-to-head and Trampy may have that win. Um, well, and this is just a weird weight, right? Because if you, the two allocations kind of reflect what we saw this year in the conference, which was mm-hmm. it was Tucker and everybody else. Yeah. Trampy missed damn near the whole – whole year yeah and then pharaohs kind of started off well and ended up with like a 500 record uh and then you have you know solid guys in cobb miller and wirt uh that are your your four five six so again i don't know how much i don't know how much lehigh's gonna fight about this yeah uh, depending on if they want wirt or carmen ferrante this is a bracket where you know you could really see seeds getting completely upset um, you could I mean, you could see Carmen Ferrante you know taking out taking out Trampy or something right like who hasn't been active all year like you it wouldn't be wouldn't be surprising to see something something really um, that in number looks like a big upset happen at 133 so. and and from the perspective of Navy and Bucknell who again are trying to get guys to NCAAs they're not happy that they're the four five and on the same side as Tucker yeah this is this is like you see these brackets every year where, where um, you know, maybe guys haven't had the kinds of consistent seasons that, that they would expect, and then all of a sudden there's a, there's a qualifying spot up on the line, and you get a little bit of a, an elevated version of the, some of these guys. And so mm-hmm. I wonder if this is a bracket like that. 
Wow. Uh, taking a look at our conference rankings. Yeah. Big, big, massive uh, uh, differences there. Yeah. Conference rankings done by our man Dan Seifring. Shout out Obrats. Chaz Tucker, Zach Trampy, Angela Rini, who is the eight under the pre-seeds. Uh, Darren Miller, Carmen Ferrante, Justin Hoyle, Nick Farrow is the seven yeah. under under our conference rankings. So big changes there. And, again, they have a formula. Um, I don't remember the formula. Coach Santoro was talking to me about it this year. Coach Harris told me about it last year. So I'm not 100% sure what it is. But it is a formula, and then the coaches kind of have the final say once they get that, that framework <clears throat> in place. 141. Um, so we've got five guys currently sitting in uh, qualifying spots. Sal Perfacci of American, Doug Zapp of Penn, Matt Casimir of Columbia, Cody Travis of Navy, and then Noah Bauman of Cornell. Um, so Franklin and Marshall's Will Gill is right outside of that. He's gonna he's mm -hmm. looking at the sixth seed, and man, it'd be huge for F and M to get to get a guy um, to to get get a guy to NCAA. Right. Last year's Pelusi. This year, mm -hmm. Gill's probably their best guy. Uh, another one where kind of our conference rankings look a little different. Uh, I think. I think Zap should be the one. I don't. Um, I don't know if they had a head-to-head, -head, but we have Zap one, Profasi two, uh, and then we have Boffman at the three. So he's and he's all the way down at five. He's up from the five. We have Will Gill at the four, who right now he's on the outside looking in as the six. Casimir mm -hmm. uh, is the five. Logan Brown is the six. He's not uh, in the pre-seed, so you, you wonder if maybe he got swapped out. Uh, Sparacio the seven. Pomerenko all the way down to ten. He's he's number seven in there. So again. The formula that they're using coming up with something vastly different from what our man Seifring said, and so that 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 alone in and of itself um, should should show you that the EIWA is going to be a big jumble this year as far as getting guys through the NCAA's. Forty nine is the crazy one to me. Four qualifying spots. <clears throat> number oh one, boy. yeah. Number one, Kizan Clark, who's had a really solid year. He he had a he had a rough last week of the season. He he dropped two matches. Um, both out of conference though. Both out of conference. But he's your one, and he's had a solid year. Now, you might think, all right, so then where is three-time All-American Matthew Kolodzik? He's down at the four seed. In between are Jimmy Hoffman of Lehigh, who Kolodzik beat, and Hunter Richard of Cornell, who Kolodzik beat. So what you have in the top four seeds is you have Kolodzik and Clark set to meet in a semifinal when – Say what you want about you know about Closet came out late in the year. I mean he's he's the best guy at the weight, right? Like mm -hmm. he's he's clearly the best guy at the weight. So for him to not be the one seed, okay, maybe you reward a complete season. But for the, for him to be the four, it's and what's like, surprising about this? Again, I I don't 100 percent know the um, the criteria that they're using for this formula, but I do know that previous accomplishments are factored in. And as a three-time All-American in a weight class with none of them. It's a little confusing, even acknowledging, you know, I was a guy that was, I put Rivera way down in the Big Ten seats, even acknowledging that he missed some time. Yeah. Um, so he didn't, uh, I thought he'd wrestled Hoffman this year. He, he actually, he teched him last year. Okay, he so beat Hunter been. Richard this year. Yes. I'm honestly fine if they keep Keyshawn the one, uh, just, again, rewarding this yeah. season. But Kalazic at least has to go up one spot mm -hmm. over the guy who we beat head-to-head -head this year, Hunter Richard. That's going to be what they do, right? Like, yeah. They're going to have to – this is a case where I would imagine the coaches would kind of collectively look at this thing. And, and uh, I mean, if, you're, if, if you're, you're the coaching staff at American, you want him at the two or the three. If you are right. – you know, if you're the coaching staff at, at 
Uh, if you're Rob Cole, if you're, Rob Cole you're gonna fight for. You're gonna. You're gonna do some verbal gymnastics keep him, keep and say, "Hey, look, you Hunter Richard wrestled the whole year. Yeah, he yeah. lost to Kalodzic. Yeah, um, I would love to hear that argument. Yeah, so I, th- that'll be interesting. Um, and you know, it, even if this is the right thing to do, and, and maybe the formula is absolutely right on. I mean, it totally throws a wrench in this in this conference tournament. Yeah. Um, especially like if you think about Kijon Clark, who, you know, had a little bit of an off weekend. He's had a great season, but if he, you know, hits Kalatic in the semis and then has to, you know, has to rebound right away and try to try to come back and win that, that consolation semifinal match because they're not going to well, do a true fourth place match here. Yeah, that's um, going to be my next thing. They don't wrestle true place matches at EIWAs, which again I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you only have four spots, making the finals is, is very crucial. Uh, yeah. Looking at 157, the top three is pretty much as expected. Uh, Marcus Hartman, Quincy Monday, Josh Humphreys. Going into the year, you know, Monday, Humphreys and Artelona, who is currently the four seed, mm-hmm. were the guys looked at. And then Hartman obviously had that amazing run at Midlands and then was the starter the rest of the year for Army. Hey, one thing. I just got a note from our man Dan Seifring about 149. Anybody that you notice not in the pre-seeds? Oh, boy. Jared Prince. Oh, yes. So that – yeah, okay, yes. I'm. Thank you for reminding me of that. So I talking to Coach – uh, and apparently Jared Prince was not entered in the coaches rank or well, or doesn't have RPI, but he's not entered in the coaches rank. And basically the thinking there is the coaches either don't know or don't want anyone aware of whether he is going 49 or 57. Okay. So these, uh, we'll get to, you know, we're getting 57 right now, but these C's are definitely subject to change based on the entry of Jared Prince, the injection of Jared Prince into one of these two weight classes. And, Okay, so so you're you're thinking, or what you're hearing? He will wrestle that, in the postseason, and that he will just, be seated. You're, you're thinking, yes, like I, I do think he okay. will be seated. I didn't know if he had enough matches to be seated, or if they were going to just kind of drop him in. Um, that could, you know, that could certainly change. But I mean, think about Jared Prince. If he comes in and he's not seated in the top four, or he, you know, well, whether he's seated in the top four or not, that moves this group that is very solid at 149 or or this group is very solid at 157 um, that puts another national qualifier level guy potential all-american guy in that mix and now somebody else is on the outside looking in so he's that's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with him well in 157 right so again three guys qualified semifinals and where you are in the bracket tremendously important you win the semis you're guaranteed in then you got to claw back if you lose in the semis you can't you have to win your Katsi semi and the third place match. At 57, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, that's huge. Uh, reminder, Jared Prince beat Kalodzic last year, 5-4, in a match where I'm pretty sure he got two reversals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he won He won 5-4 uh, with two reversals and a stall call. Uh, he was he was in the finals. He lost to Artelona in the finals. Artelona now up at 57. He's your four seed. He's on the outside looking in. Yeah. So. Lot of lot of potential for craziness at EIWAs. Yeah, Artelona has been a top ten guy this year. He's had he hasn't had the the season that he would have wanted this mm-hmm. year. Um, but for him to be the four seed and then to think about dropping Jared Prince into this bracket as well is crazy. Also, you know, you mentioned um, Quincy Monday and Josh Humphreys are the two and the three, so they're gonna be set to to hit in a semifinal again. again. They've wrestled so much. They've wrestled four times. Uh, Hartman, or not Hartman, sorry, I'm looking at the, the seeds. Hartman's the one seed. Uh, Humphreys won their two meetings last year. Quincy Monday has won their two meetings this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this would be the, the 
you know, rubber match in a best is of five Is it still a rubber match if it's more than three? I don't know. What are they, what are they kind of like? I think so. Whether polymer, would it maybe be, you know, but. Uh, Some sort of petroleum-based product. It's a petroleum-based. It, maybe it's a, it could be like a, could be like an elastic, an elastic band. Let's um, get to 165. Uh, Tanner Schedule, your returning champion. Kel McCormick was who he wrestled in the finals. Neither of those guys were the one seed last year. Schedule was the was, uh, one out of the three seed. McCormick won a, uh, made the finals out of the four spot. Mm -hmm. uh, Philly Cheese, as our man JDJ calls him. Phil Kniglier is your two. Zach Hartman of Bucknell up from, uh, he was at 57 last year for them. Mm -hmm. uh, Ebbett Gerald, who was the one seed last year at the IWAs. And then Grant Cuomo of Princeton. That's your cut line. Uh, six Automatic qualifying spots for 165. And below that, Ricky Stam of Hofstra and Brian Meyer of Lehigh. Stam was a guy who was ranked preseason. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, one of Hofstra's probably better better chances to, to get a guy in. Um, and Meyer, the toughest match for Genzo this year outside of, you know, the top four or five guys, mm -hmm. the white, you know, Marinelli group. Yeah. So, so it's something a deep, to keep in mind. Deep weight class, one of those weights that you know uh, we've talked about other weight classes you know in other conferences that are like this where or you know 184 in the big 10 where a bunch of guys ranked they're not necessarily going to be predicted to finish an all-american range schedules right there but mm -hmm. um, but but very very solid and so it'll be good bracket 174 top seed jordan cutler and my challenge for you when you do your upper weight preview is I can't remember off the top of my head. I would like to see, is Jordan Cutler on pace to have an all-time EIWA career in terms of just a conference tournament? Uh, I think that would be really interesting to find out. Number two, Spencer Carey. Number three, Ben Harvey. Number four, Brandon Womack. Womack, a former All-American for Cornell. That's your cut line. Top four guys at 174 qualify. Um, so... Did you already look what, it up? No, I haven't oh, okay. looked it up, but, but I'm trying to remember. Did, did Cutler, did he miss weight at 157 as like a oh, freshman? Oh, yep. At EIWAs, yep. that might that might forgot uh, about that. Yeah, that might hurt the all-time stats. But but uh, man, that was brutal. He was trying to make a weight class that I think he had maybe outgrown, like maybe hit a growth spurt mid-year, because he he looked so good at Southern Scuffle that year. And I'm Joe Smith, now vividly remembering all right? this going down. Yeah, Pete Joe Smith won the won won Southern Scuffle and then kind of didn't wrestle again until mm -hmm. EIWAs and then and then I think maybe miss weight is yeah crazy crazy situation yeah so um, uh Cutler beat Womack in the finals last year Spencer Carey finished fourth and Ben Harvey finished fifth so those guys now kind of in position to to uh make their way 184 obviously loses max dean for this year at least uh lou dupre and also ryan price from last year uh so lou dupre your one seed the crazy horse chris weiler your two noah stewart of army is your three tanner harvey uh the four all those guys have been nationally ranked this year and have mm -hmm. kind of been uh behind the national rankings as we mentioned jonathan lowe he's your five he is uh he was the one of the, one of the guys who could have gotten in had the uh marcus coleman iowa state had he not gotten RPI. So low in a good position to get a wild card. However, I'm sure he'll just want to you know, get it done and get top yeah. four. Yeah. Uh, Travis Stefanik of Princeton is a sixth seed. And that's a, you know, that's a weight class. And, and 174 also where Kevin Parker is a seventh seed. Those are weight classes where I think Princeton maybe, you know, believes they're going to make up some team points. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly Stefanik capable. When, when uh, it was low in for Cornell in the dual Stefanik got the win, the last the last minute win. Um, I, I know that Stefanik had that kind of iconic win over Cornell, but I'm not sure of his opponent in that duel. That's a good question. 
Um, and that yeah, he beat Low. Was Jonathan Low, and so he's sitting right below uh, Low. So maybe Stefanik a little bit too low, having been seated below Low. Yeah, uh, has not wrestled Noah Stewart, who would be his quarterfinal opponent. So we'll see what happens there uh, as it pertains to Princeton kind of moving around. But remember, if you go up, if you argue him above Low, then you got then you, you got those Lou Dupre problems. Yes. So they may just say, oh, "That's fine." Keep us at the six. Yeah, we have some own rules in Russia. We have some own rules. Speaking of having some own rules in Russia, EAWA has some own rules about 197, where Ben Darmstadt is the four seed who beat Patrick Brucky, the one seed. And even Coach Chris Ayers uh, acknowledged that that probably needs to be changed because as much as he loves his boy Pat Brucky and believes he can be an EAW champion, the results are the results, and Darmstadt beat him this year. And... That sets up a semifinal between Darmstadt and Brucky. Can't uh, have that. Th that that's, that's crazy, right? Like, uh, that's, there are a, a handful of matches in this tournament that should be kind of finals. marquee matches and finals. One is, we already talked about Matt Klodzik and Keyshawn Clark at 149. 197, Brucky and Darmstadt feels like it should be the final. Uh, but, but right now, it's Brucky, and then the two is Kozer from Navy, Jacobson and Lehigh, and then Darmstadt all the way down to four. Now. What could be interesting, what could be interesting is, so the, the top six qualified this way. We'll, we'll, real quick, we'll run through those. Uh, Jay Cozer, your two. John Jacobson, your three. Drew Phipps, your five. Cole Urbis, your six. So making the semis guarantees that you qualify. Now, what, what Princeton might do, uh, or what Rob Cole might do. Don't tell me they're going to forfeit. No, 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 no. Say, you know what, we'll keep Darn says the four. He didn't wrestle all year, and then try to limit the first place points available to Princeton. Okay, kind of. So along the lines of your of your uh, Vincenzo Joseph theory, but this time do it through through uh, seating and and wrestling yes. rather than through. Yes. Okay. Well, they might. You never know. You never know. Um, Look, I'm a spiteful person. If I'm if I can take out a rival to beat me during the year, or that you know, an, an upstart that believes they can beat me, I'm going to do that thing. Okay. Well, congratulations on being a spiteful person. <laughs> I would not recommend that as a way to live your life, but you've chosen your path. Uh, and so, you know, maybe that's what they'll do. I, I do think this is one that gets reset. Yeah, it'll probably get changed. We'll see. There's 15 other coaches in the conference. I'd be like, mm, no, can't do that. Yeah. 285, uh, Yaroslav Slavikuski of Harvard is the number one seed and really solid tournament or tournament, really solid season for the freshmen. Um, also, just looking through here, he's the second. Harvard wrestler who's seated to be in the finals, which him and Phil Knigliero. Yeah, so that's great, uh, and and you know a really solid season for Slavikuski. I am a little bit surprised that he's the one seed over Jordan Wood. Yeah, I don't um, necessarily get that one. Given past achievements, Jordan Wood has had a limited season. I think he's like twelve and five on the year. Mm -hmm. So just pure record wise, the the Slavikuski one seed makes sense. But in terms of like thinking about you know, who we perceive to be the better of the two wrestlers. I think uh, probably a lot of people would pick Jordan Wood to, to win this bracket, but um, he's currently the two seed. He and Slavkowski have not wrestled in mm -hmm. the past. Hey, I don't know if we have enough time to get into both the MAC and the Pac-12. Um, it's up to you. We, I also wanted to kind of spotlight some of the highly ranked guys who finished out their season with Let's state titles. Let's go there. Okay. Um, yeah, check, check out check out uh, pre-seeds, though, for the MAC. Those are out. And for the Pac-12, those are those are out, and those so, will give you a sense for, you know, which uh, which guys are supposed to be in and mm -hmm. which ones are out. And and to be fair, before we move on to that, the what they are, what we had in the doc here was the final coaches' rankings from mm -hmm. those conferences. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm going to see, uh, maybe reach out to some coaches, or hopefully coaches are watching, they can confirm. Well, the, the one's definitely going to change because the Pac-12 has the heat in the coaches' rank, so yep. that, that's 100% going to change. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, light, I'm sorry, sh- I shouldn't say 100 because I don't fully know that he will be out for the postseason. I just strongly believe that yeah. he will be. Um, but, you know, the, the MAC and the Pac-12, are those going to change? Especially, are there going to be different entries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Zahid's are going to be anybody else that gets pulled out, maybe that was injured, um, you know, Sometimes teams have roster battles that kind of alternate guys in duels. So will there be changes to the MAC and the Pac-12 rankings? I would like to know. No, Matt. Are we going to live in a world in which the only acknowledgement of a Zahid Valencia suspension that we get is like a two-sentence quote in in a, an article in an uh, Arizona newspaper? Is that yes. – or, or are we going to see yes. more about this? No. That's it. We're going to live in a world where no. that's the only information we have. Correct. Okay. Meaning that we're going to have to wait and find out um, how the suspension, you know, affects Olympic trials, which are only like four weeks away from right now. Well, okay, Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I believe um, if he is not allowed, USA Wrestling will need to put out something about it. Right. If he is allowed, they probably won't. Meaning no news is good news from the USA Wrestling side if you're Zahid? Yeah. I mean, but even even in terms of the NCAA season, like, all we've heard is indefinite suspension, which could mean anything. And so I mean, we really don't – I mean, we all suspect we're not going to see Zahid at Pac-12. Right. But we don't – that hasn't been confirmed. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels bizarre that that would be the case, that we would never hear – Oh, it is bizarre. An official ruling on that it would just we would just sort of that our that our news would be um the brackets i, I was having this discussion with a, a coach about when situations like this arise what is the appropriate way to handle them um obviously with college athletes there are things like hipaa and you know different different level of privacy concerns than like professional athletes have sure and so that certainly likely has an impact on how much can be said or what can be said yeah um Sure. If, if I was running a program, something like this happened, I would probably try to say something about it. But again, with the privacy concerns and kind of the up in the air nature of it, maybe I wouldn't. So I don't know. I don't want to cast stones because I'm not I, the one that's actually in the situation. I don't either. And, and I'm not talking about privacy. I'm just talking about is he going to wrestle this weekend or not officially? Yeah. That's well, it. well that's yeah. All. I think I think Arizona State should put out their Pac-12 entries. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll still wait and see on that. And uh, anyway. We had some really good high school action. Um, you mentioned some of our some of the, the highly ranked guys had some good results this weekend. So what's going on there? Yeah, and some not so good results. Sure. Um, so number two, Andre Gonzalez, 106 pounds, won his first state title uh, for Poway Powerhouse Program there, based out of San Diego. So congratulations to him. 113, pretty much held serve. Uh, Richie Figs ended up being Joey Cruz for I think the third week in a row. I believe their oh, really? their state series kind of. Uh, be- because of how close Selma and Clovis North are together, that it ended up being three weeks in a row. So Richie Figg still on pace for four Cali titles. Uh, I put out a tweet yesterday thinking about, I was thinking about who's number one. I'm probably going to do an article after the completion of the Ohio State tournament about who's kind of in who's kind of in position to jockey for a spot at who's number one. Again, mm-hmm. it all based on uh, weight classes next year. But Richie Figg's, I would like to have him back at who's number one. Yeah. Um, who's he going to wrestle? Who's he going to wrestle, and will he be the first guy to get to 3-0? Uh, 
Uh, looking at Steve O'Poolin, number three in the country, he won his third state title for Shenandoah. So shout out to our man Frank Papalizio, the journeyman product, and uh, also my uncle Dwayne Lobdell for getting some pretty sweet shots of Steve O that I will uh, hopefully be able to use. And our man Josh Conklin was there as well. Yeah, uh, you guys. I'd give those guys kazoo points if I could. Greg D. Greg Diakmahalis finishes his career number one, fifth state title, one more than Yanni. Yanni, of course, missed his senior year with the elbow surgery, yeah. but uh, Greg wow. D. officially a five-time New York State champ. So no pressure, Lige, Elijah, uh, but everybody's going to expect you to get six. <laughs> get six. Uh, looking at 126, another guy who, man, you know, I, I started writing the series number one article, and I started thinking, okay, Richie Figgs, you know, so there's there's a couple guys at the top of 120, Drake Ayala, Dean Peterson, Cooper Flynn, um, that could be in the mix. But, you know, how that's all going to shake out. And then how about a guy who has a win over Richie Figgs, Jordan Williams, number six. He gets his uh, state title for Collinsville. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Um, not to mention, you know, your Kirkham Bruzakis at the top of 26. Yeah. Uh, let's see, one jumping up to 138 where, well, first of all, um, it wasn't the, the end of the season, but uh, at 132, Pat Noonan beat Kenny Herman. So just kind of a note, interesting note there from, from PA. Uh, 138, Ryan Sokol bumps up, and he won 145 at Minnesota. So we're, we're going to make that adjustment about uh, his final ranking. Uh, Jordan Titus, I'm sorry, also won at 126. He bumped up. Ryan Jack won Connecticut at 138, so uh, congrats, Ryan Jack. And then yeah. Jesse Vasquez, four-time California State champ, still committed. That's big. That's big. Where's he going to go? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I want to ask him, but it's like, man, this is, um, this is just kind of a, a strange situation. Uh, 152, how about this, David Bray? Um, man. Tough one for our guy, Sonny Santiago, wrestled at who's number one. Um, once again, battled injuries all throughout the year. So we didn't get Santiago Saldate. Saldate uh, ended up winning the title, and I can't remember uh, who it was that he beat in the finals. I should have had that prepared. Um, but good job. Uh, Chase Saldate, we'll see him next week at the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. Um, yeah. Week after this at the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. Mm -hmm. And then the two West Virginia boys, Peyton Hall and Brayden Roberts, finishing out their careers. Uh, 160, Keegan O'Toole, four-timer. We'll see him That's at Pittsburgh big. Wrestling Classic as well. John Martin Best won in West Virginia. And then Kale Valencia, my goodness. This was maybe uh, – no, this was. This was the biggest upset of the weekend. Ranked number two in the country. Number eight in the pound for pound. Got taken down three times in a 7-1 loss to Andrew Sparks. Man. <sighs> Man. Crazy. So, Kale Valencia still looking for that first state title. Um, had an awesome match last year with Jaden Abbas. And, you know, this year it fell a little short against Andrew Sparks, who looked amazing. It's probably going to need to be nationally ranked now. Um, hell of a way to close out his season for the Calvary Chapel. <coughs> uh, excuse me. 182, number one, Patrick Kennedy finishes his career on top. Four-time double-A uh, champ in Minnesota for Casson Manorville. Braxton Amos finishes as a three-time champ because he missed his freshman year with an injury. For Parkersburg South, we'll see him at uh, Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. And then Nash Hupmacher, probably the last probably last folk style match he'll ever wrestle. Yeah, he's going the football lifestyle. Uh, and he ended his career with something like 74, 75 straight pins for Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. So uh, no yeah. more of the polar bear, but you Husker fans who get to watch him absolutely maul people on a football field. I have a feeling he's going to be pretty good for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of big results and a huge week coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, 
get yourselves prepared. There's a lot to lot to think about, a lot to get excited for for conference weekend. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. PIAA's, EIWA, Big Tens, all live on Flow. And Let's run through one again. So you're doing you're doing uh, the lightweight and upperweight preview for EIWAs. Um, I put out the the pre-seeds and, and the team score article. Uh, we'll also probably have a combined preview. Um, we've got rankings up on the site right now mm -hmm. as well. Make sure you're checking out our conference rankings. Um, what, you know, kind of our plan for for this week is to highlight all our conference rankings, put up all the pre-seeds, and then we'll have uh, contributors doing articles on the five conference tournaments that we don't have live. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, blow out EIWAs and Big Tens. PIAAs absolutely going to crush. Uh, and, you know, keep us in the loop because I think we're only – we're probably going to be a couple FRLs short this week. You have to figure it out. I'm we, traveling – you're traveling Wednesday. Traveling Wednesday. I'm traveling Thursday. We, we may have uh – uh, yeah, our Big Ten crew is traveling traveling mm -hmm. Thursday, um, so we may we may have an on location Big Ten Friday FRL. Maybe Andrew Spale had that up. We'll That'll see. That'd be awesome. Um, but but yeah, we're gonna have to gonna have to get creative to get you guys uh, up to speed on everything that's going on. Happy birthday, Bella Bader! All right, that was happy the other birthday, day. Bella. All right, we'll see you guys.